0: The coronavirus hits Apple, but rumor has it that it won't stop the iPhone SE2 from appearing, plus an iPad OS 14 wish list, your hot takes, and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Lake Johnson. Hello. And Michael Simon. Morning. <laughs> so let's get started with the news. The coronavirus is everywhere, (laughs) it seems (laughs) like, and I mean that kind of figuratively, (laughs) not literally. (laughs) Apple's even been affected by the coronavirus the other day. Apple announced, on a holiday actually, in the U.S.
1: Uh, Shocking. I can't imagine why they would announce that when Wall Street is closed.
0: (laughs) Apple announced that it's going to miss its uh, second quarter 2020 forecasted revenue, because of production problems uh, because of the coronavirus they had said that they were uh, projecting revenue between 63 and 67 billion but they didn't actually come out with revised numbers they just said it's probably
1: not going to be that
2: because we don't know what it's going to be at this point yeah, yeah it's, it's
1: it's' it's I mean it's very early to project you know how long it's going to last what what impact it would, it would have but it, it kind of speaks to just how important China is to Apple. And we, we were talking about this yesterday, and Jason Cross um, brought up a good point. Apple's kind of unique in that. you know, Google, Facebook, Amazon, the others, they don't necessarily do business at all in China. And Apple, you know, it's a big part of their pie. And when something goes wrong, whether it's tariffs or whether it's this, this virus or whether it's simply people boycotting over human rights, things like that, that really hits Apple hard. Google is essentially banned in China. Is, is
0: Amazon, can you not access Amazon in, in China?
2: I think they have like their own, they have their own cognate.
0: Google and Amazon are, they're more service-based because of China's walled garden. They don't allow those companies to do a lot of business there. Apple not just does business there, but they do a lot of
1: production there. They get special privileges. Yeah. 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 And even the hardware like Google, you know, obviously makes the the speakers and the phones and things, but it's not on the level of what, um, you know, Google's hardware is such a small portion of its bottom line. And, you know, Amazon, yeah, they do. I think they might have recently just shut the whole thing down because it just wasn't gaining traction. And, and I mean, they're, they're not banned outright. Uh, uh, Alibaba is the the big thing there, but they, yeah, so Amazon just, it's, it's not like here where everyone, that's the first place people think of when they, when they go shopping. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a very unique Apple problem among, you know, I'm talking about amongst like the real big companies. Obviously there's tons of companies that are affected by the smaller ones, some of it, which might never really recover. Depending on how long this lasts, you know, Apple, Apple makes the headlines, but there's dozens, hundreds, thousands, even of little companies that, you know, when they take a hit through a three week production hit or whatever it is, it's, it's impossible to recover from that.
0: Despite the coronavirus, there's a rumor that Apple will still release an iPhone 2 SE and an iPad Pro in this early spring. I guess the rumor is late march
2: yeah march thirty first yeah the, just the, the latest in. march if you will that uh nine point seven inch ipad in twenty eighteen was at an event on march twenty seven so what's a realistic timeline twenty eighteen mm-hmm. yeah that was that was that Chicago event, remember that thing they went to school Oh, yeah, you were you were there, Roman,
0: yeah, I was there, and it's, but it's been a couple of years
2: and... it's crazy because last year they just had that kind of you know, it was just kind of meh last year on both the Pro... Well, they didn't really need to do anything. They, didn't, know, they, they didn't do the Pro at all last year. It was, uh, yeah, it exactly. was late
1: of um, late 2018. And, and that was in Brooklyn. That was the one I went to. That was when the iPad Pro, the new version, came out with the
2: bezels and the rounded screen and all that and Face ID. And I don't think these Pros are going to be a big difference from the previous ones. I, no.
1: And you know what? They don't really need to be. Apple is so far ahead in the tablet market and... The way people use them, you know, it's not like phones where we've been taught to replace them every year or two. I have an iPad Air 2 that I still use.
2: I mean, they work, they, they hold up.
1: It's like they're kind of like Macs in that regard.
2: I know people who still have an iPad 2s. Yeah, yeah, Not even there. You know? I mean,
1: they. you know, it's a testament to how well they're made, and it's a testament to really what we use them for. We're not mm-hmm. pushing these things where we need to get better processors every two or three years. You know, what we use them for. And an Apple A8 chip is fine.
0: It's less about the hardware and, and more about the software, which right. we'll you're going to talk about later in the podcast. That was a, that was a
1: pre-transition, people. Yes, that <laughs> was a rare pre-transition transition. So this
0: iPhone SE 2 is rumored to be the low-cost phone. Yeah, the SE was 399
1: and you can get an iPhone 8, I believe, for 450 at the moment. Right now, yeah. So um, they would need to do something a little bit more noteworthy, I guess, for lack of a better word. But um, 399 iPhone with a presumably brand new processor, the A13, that would be, um, that's, that's, a, that's a great phone for people who are kind of balking at even the price of the iPhone 11, which is, you know, it's expensive. $700 is, is cheap compared to the iPhone Pro. But it's still a lot of money for a phone. And if you have an iPhone 5S or 6, and you're kind of on the fence where the battery's not working great, I mean, this is it's going to be a, 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 a real attractive option. Do the
0: rumors state that the iPhone 8 will go away?
2: I uh, guess. I mean, I, I don't see why they would they would need to have both. That seems like logical. Right, yeah. because of in, the pricing differential. The iPhone and... 7 would go away also, I guess. Yeah. The iPhone
0: seven has been gone for a while. The last I checked last week, you can still get the iPhone seven in the clearance store. Oh, I see. So it's possible that the iPhone SE two would be the only iPhone in the lineup with the home button. Okay. Touch ID. Right. Yeah. Because then you would have the iPhone eleven and then the eleven pros and the Pro Max.
1: Yeah, I mean I just think I think it'll be a good it'll be a good phone, you know, with a better than average camera, a really, really good chip, a nice display. And you know, a lot of people who don't want to give up that home button. So much like people didn't want the big screen, so they flocked to the first iPhone SE, this is gonna be for the people who want that, the the fingerprint sensor. Some
0: people want it. There was a person who works for us on the uh, other side of the building. That means they were in like sales or something like that. They asked me about the iPhone lineup and she was lamenting the fact that the home button's gonna go away and she liked the home button.
2: Yeah. So uh, some, some I think some people it's... want those buttons. Has I she think... tried face ID? That's the, that's the, I, I was like, it takes like three days to adjust to it. And sure. then after that, you're like, wow. Yeah. wow yeah. People just don't like changing from the it's...
1: things that they know, but you're right. life. if you, if they use it for a day or two, they would be fine. When I explained
0: to her, you know, where that button is, where that chin is, that's going to be replaced by screen. And she kind of lit up and went, oh really?
2: There it and goes. then she went,
0: <laughs> but. I still want my button. Well, you can't have it both ways.
1: Well, you could if they put an in display screen an in display fingerprint yeah. sensor. Yeah. Which is, there are still rumors that they might do that. I don't know why yeah. they would have both, but maybe. they, they have gotten on the Android side those in display fingerprint sensors. The first few were just awful, and now they've gotten they've gotten way way better. So the the technology has um, has has matured. It, they're still not quite as fast as a hardware one. They're pretty good. 98% accurate probably and you know you know quite quite quick. Earlier this week Mike Simon wrote
0: an article about Qualcomm's new 5G modem. Mike can you tell us a little bit about this modem and what it means for the iPhone?
1: Sure. Um, I, I gotta tell you, it took me like two days to find an angle that wasn't just gobbledygook. <laughs> I, I I literally zoned out during the during the press call. There well, was, yeah, it's a modem. Uh, it kind is of a love. lot of numbers and like like so. Last year's modem, the X fifty five, which is probably the one that's going to be in the iPhone twelve. The one coming up, yeah. That was a big jump, and it was a it was something that people can understand. You know, the 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 uh, networks that it was able to support. This one is just like this this mess of 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 acronyms and numbers that just no one's going to understand or care about but two things that it does is it it shrinks the size from a seven nanometer to a five nanometer process which doesn't sound like a lot but it is as far as both size and power efficiency and it also reduces the antenna size now that's important because last week a fast company ran a story that said that apple was so frustrated with the size of the antenna With the old modem, that they were looking to build their own for the upcoming iPhone or maybe next year's iPhone. I'm not sure which. And um, that would be an issue for both Qualcomm and Apple. They would have to work together, and you know, Qualcomm does not want that. They want Apple to buy their products, the to to, to buy the parts from them, part and parcel, and use them in the iPhone because they're the best. So by making this smaller antenna, Qualcomm is basically saying to Apple, you know, here, look, this is. This is what we're building. This is the third generation, and I don't know how much smaller it is. They wouldn't actually say for competitive reasons, which is hilarious, but um, it's it's significantly smaller from what from what they they described, and the chip is a five nanometer. So anything Apple does, at best, is going to match this modem. And, that, and, so, and, and and we're talking about a year later where you know Qualcomm is would, would already be developing the fourth generation. So the point is Qualcomm is way ahead and Apple really has its work cut out for them if they want to take those Intel scraps and create something that is going to challenge whatever Qualcomm uh, w- w- whatever modem they choose for the next couple of, I- uh, of iPhones from Qualcomm. The bottom line is, I mean, no one really cares as long as it works. <laughs> but if Apple was were to make a 5G modem that doesn't work as well, that would be a problem.
0: Do you happen to know if because it's a smaller antenna, the modem requires a little bit more power to sort of make up for the smaller antenna?
1: Yeah, I they they didn't get into the, the numbers as far as the power. They did say it was more efficient, and as a general rule, a smaller die process is more power efficient. But they did they didn't get into hard and fast numbers as to um, what that would be. I can say that the the 5G phones I've used on the Android side, using the, now this is the older older modem. This is the this will be the X50 and the X55 modem, not the X60. They they do get hot they do uh you know use a lot of power and they have they need massive massive batteries i mean samsung just came out with this 5g line and the base battery is four thousand milliamp hours i mean these are massive batteries they need because 5g is a battery hawk on the upside most people aren't able to use it yet (laughs) so you'll be on 4g The more I read about
0: 5G and stuff, the more I think, this is going to be kind of a mess. There's just different sub-technologies mm-hmm. within 5G. Yeah, yeah, very true. Different carriers are going to implement different ones, and who knows what phone's going to implement what.
1: The iPhone needs to support those two main spectrums, sub-6 gigahertz, which is basically faster 4G. That's what T-Mobile, you know, you see all those commercials saying that we're the first nationwide 5G network, and that's true. But... It's, you're not getting gig speeds. You're getting maybe 100 and something megahertz, uh, 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 megabits. So it's faster than, than 4G, but not the 5G like blow away speeds that we've been promised. Verizon does have those speeds, but most people can't use them because they are limited to like, you know, a few blocks in major cities. But um, the iPhone 12 will need to support both of those if it's going to be, a viable, non-confusing product. You can't sell a phone that says, well, this works with this network and this works with that network. But if you have this network, you're going to need this. And to future-proof that, you're going to need. They cannot do that. It needs to just say, this is the 5G iPhone. It supports everything now and in the future.
0: Be sure to check out Mike's article on the website. He has a, a nice overview of the Snapdragon X60 5G modem and what it could mean for the future iPhone. We'll have a link of that in the show notes and on our website. And to kind of wrap up the news, trying to think of a good word to to describe this man. He, He was a very important man, not just for Apple, but in the world of like modern computer science. Larry Tesler, he passed away earlier this week. For folks who don't know, Larry Tesler was a big part of Apple He's often referred to as the man who co-invented with Tim Mott the uh, functions of cut, copy, and paste. He worked at Xerox Park. He's also known as the guy who gave Steve Jobs a tour of uh, Xerox Park. Yeah, you can
1: say without him, you know, Apple might have been years behind on that.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that Xerox trip was was very important. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it sure was. Inspired is a nice way to say it. Tesla.
0: He, he actually joined Apple in 1980. You know, he held a bunch of different positions. He was a vice president. He was of, of different departments. One of them was called the Advanced Technologies Group, the ATG. Back then, it was sort of like a corporate research department within Apple. And they would do, basically, come up with ideas and try and develop them. And they did lead to products, but that wasn't the sole purpose of that particular department. They, you know, it was... They were a research firm and Apple killed ATG. I would argue that Apple kind of needs an ATG right now if they don't really have that kind of department. But that's a different subject. But yeah, and Tesla was also key. He was part of the Lisa team. He was part of the Apple Newton team. And he actually even did some work for Amazon in the early 2000s. He was a big presence in the world of uh, personal computing and a lot of stuff wouldn't have happened without him. So may he rest in peace, our condolences to the Tusler family. it's <music> time for our feature discussion. Uh, iPadOS 13 was the first official version of the operating system dedicated to the iPad. And it was created to bring into focus the specific OS features created for that device. Apple's developers conference is coming in a few months and we'll probably see the next major version of iPadOS. So we thought we'd talk about what we would like to see in iOS, iPad OS 14.
2: I gotta admit, I hate that distinction. I, I mean, I know it's yeah, you know it's well, I stumbled the, on it. Obviously, yeah. it's like iOS does this on the iPad, but it does this. So you just you can keep it the same. I mean, I, I don't yeah. mind that. Yeah, that, I agree. I, it, it, there's no
1: there's no problem calling it iOS and splitting it. I mean, I, I get it. I understand Mark from a marketing standpoint, from a even from a development standpoint. But you're right. It's it's a clunky, annoying word. We could
0: follow the McDonald's nomenclature could like call it ios for ipad oh god
2: <laughs> well it, it's like i hate when i write how to's because i have to write this works on ios and ipad os so i was like duh anyway uh yeah. there are some things where that does not happen but 80 percent of the things it's true who knows <laughs> Well, that's number one on our wish list: is to change the name back. Yeah, that's, that ain't, that ain't <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> but that's not going right, to happen. That's not going to happen. Yeah.
0: Uh, but Life came up with an article earlier this week, and I think that one of the big features that I think a lot of people want
2: is better mouse support. And keep in mind, they did not announce that as like a key uh, headline feature. It was something that was an accessibility setting. It does not show up on there, but it works pretty well. I mean, consi- considering, but you know. We would like for it to be better, Uh, and there's a lot, you you can look, a lot of people have really embraced using a mouse on their iPad, Uh, people especially like to use it as their main work device, and uh, I'll just go ahead and jump into this, Um, you know, first of all, Apple makes you work with this little circle on the screen, you can make that circle bigger, you can make it smaller, you can change the color, but it still looks like a big circle, and, uh, you know, just. Give us the option to make, it's an accessibility feature. Keep in mind, so it's supposed to mimic your finger. But uh, but just let us use a arrow mouse, you know, pointer. I mean, that would be logical. And anyway, with a mouse pointer like that, you would be more precise. Now you would say, oh, well, they're trying to mimic touch and stuff like that. Well, the thing is you can get really, really precise with the Apple Pencil. And so what, why not just go ahead and go that whole way and put like a friggin' mouse pointer on there. So, there, there's that. What were some of the other things I, I, I said about that? That's that's one of the big ones. Uh, they could uh, introduce more support for more mount, um, buttons on the mice. Uh, so a lot of mice, you know, you'll have all those extra buttons on there, but you can only configure maybe three or four. So, if you use, like, a, like a Razer Nogger or something like that, you can't. You don't have to go crazy as that. That one has, like, 20 buttons on it. But uh, you won't be able to configure all the rest of it, which is funny because they add a lot. You, there are a lot of things you could tie to the buttons, like 50 things. I'm not even kidding. And... Um, Also, be an easy way to turn off assistive touch menu uh, when you're done using the mouse. Usually, when you're using assistive touch, the little menu just stays on the screen the whole time. You can turn it off if you want to. I usually do, but some people like to have it because it is convenient, and. You know, there should be like a shortcut, like a control center thing, where you could just turn it off and turn it on, turn it off. And some people actually make a real shortcuts, you know, throw the shortcuts out. Where so it is possible, you can do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, but,
1: this would require a pretty fundamental change in Apple's thinking, I think. Like I, you know, the mouse they, pointer wouldn't. Mm. If they really kind of embraced <laughs> the mouse, that means that now you have to make a smart keyboard with a with the trackpad on it that means that you have to sell it as a feature and i just i wonder if apple's ready to go that 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 route
0: i wanted to clarify with, with life when you're talking about adding mouse support I think it's more of a secondary input device, not necessarily a primary input device. Is, am I correct in assuming that, or is, or do you think it's a little bit more than that? I
2: don't. I don't think it. I, I think it should always be secondary. I think the touch should always be the main thing. But uh, the I mean, th- these are to me what I just suggested here. I, I basically my suggestions are a better pointer and an easier way to turn off the the menu. These are not to me my big sweeping changes. To mm-hmm. I, I I think it does actually work fine for what it is i mean you you come to me you come to ipad os expecting to use a you know use it a certain way and you you know willing to work with those limitations i gotta say with those limitations it works pretty well it's just like it's just it kind of seems half-assed at this point
0: (laughs) yeah it's just that there are certain times especially when if you're trying to think about the ipad as a laptop replacement then you want to sometimes use apps that you would you would typically use on your laptop, like, like say, Photoshop, which requires a lot of precision. Photoshop, actually, uh, by the way, is celebrating its 30th anniversary. And I believe a new version of Photoshop for iPad is, is out now. I, but, I, I um, think the copy I use
1: on my Mac is 30 years old, actually.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, an app like Photoshop demands more precision. And sometimes you just can't get that precision with touch. So you have to use an Apple Pencil. Yeah, That's
1: Apple's. Apple's yeah. secondary input advice uh, advice. What the hell am I talking about? input device would be the Apple pencil. So this would be a tertiary device the. Yeah, the I, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I think that you know when I look at the iPad, my biggest question is where is Apple going with this? And I don't you know, I look at a surface and it's clear. Whether or not Microsoft succeeds, I don't know. but I understand what what they want to do. The iPad for me, even though it's, you know, the iPad pro is a, is a gorgeous device and by far the best in its class by, by not even, not even the best it's the only in its class, but what is it?
2: What does Apple want it to be other than a larger scale version of the phone? I think yeah. I think the nice thing about the iPad it is because I, I use the word versatile in there. It is much more of a device, and I think than a surface of okay. Now I want to go work on the couch on my back, laying down, looking at, I it works better as that. I, I I strongly believe that, and I I do honestly still agree that touch should still be the main thing. But Roman brings up an important point with Photoshop. If I want to make little careful cloning changes and stuff, you know, the mouse should be an option and I shouldn't have, you know, I'm more likely to have a Bluetooth mouse on hand than a Apple Pencil. And uh, I mean, you can lose those things, <laughs> but uh, you know, just that option and stuff like that. But I-, I think the iPad does that better. And when you say, what 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 does it do? I, I you know, I still don't wanna give up my MacBook in favor of it, but I do think it makes that, those transitions a lot more easy. Like I'm gonna go work in a very highly casual environment. You know, like I said, on my back on the couch versus at a desk and stuff. And I think sure, but you can well. do that on your phone, you know. Yeah, when, sometimes like, you need more room.
1: All right, fine. But, no, I, I'm, all right, all right. So it's a, yeah, okay, fine. So there are those uses. But I, I guess my, my, my question for this is, other than these changes that you talk about, which are all great, I mean, Apple, should, particularly the multitasking, because, my God, um, if you're casually multitasking in the iPad, you're, 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 your brain's going to explode. But I would like to know, like, what what's Apple's five-year plan with the iPad? Because we're, we're how many years out now? Nine? And honestly, it's not all that different from day one.
2: If you ask me, he says we're going to go back to, I mean, this is one of those products that I think that would really benefit from having Steve still around. Maybe. Were talking maybe to... so. Maybe so. We're he about how he got how to make these mm-hmm. things you know, improve improve them yes and so I'm not one of those people that thinks Apple is dead without Steve but I honestly believe the iPad is a uh, device that would have would benefit highly from him still being around.
1: yeah maybe so I mean you know I don't think Apple's dead without Steve Jobs either but it's significantly harder for them to to build these products they, they I mean they've proven it time and again that they the vision that Steve mm-hmm. Jobs brought to Apple is you know, singular. It's yes. Tim Cook has not replaced it. He's good. He's fine. He's mm-hmm. done a great job. So has oh, Phil Schiller. So did Johnny
2: Ive. You know, they've all done a
1: great job, but they're missing Steve.
2: And he was also one of the best people for finding the people that can make his visions yes. a
1: reality. Yes.
2: I think that's important too. Yep.
1: Yeah. But um, listen, I, the iPad, I, I'll say it again, is the best in its class and it's a, it's a great device and it's matured in the sense that if you put an iPad One next to an iPad Pro, it's it's remarkable how much it's evolved, mm-hmm. but it's still essentially a device that's answering a question that I don't know how many people are asking.
2: But I mean, I do appreciate this big picture talk. But since we're, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to go. But you did mention the multitasking. Um, yeah, it, this this is part of the problem. I, I think it actually goes in well with what you were saying about the the five year plan and stuff. Multitasking, they did improvement, it, but it is really you know it's really messed up Uh, you can't use split split view multitasking with apps that aren't on the dock so every time you want to add one you have to drag it down that's one reason why they allow you to use more apps on the dock they didn't say that but I'm quite sure it is now Uh, so you could uh, you know put down in there use it on split tasking Uh, let's see uh, you know you also just kind of have to guess if an app uses split view, uh, because a lot of them don't officially support it. And sometimes, as I said, when Apple drops a big patch, it loses support, and Apple loses support, like Google Docs, and it'll take months uh, for them to release a patch and look again, looking at you, Google Docs. And uh, So, but, you know, I wish there was a way for it to, like, force it, you know, into the, uh, the split view mode. I mean, when possible lazy way to do this was just use the iphone interface you know because it isn't vertical when they do that uh but um but uh oh and you know and like i said this is probably never going to happen but let us align split view windows on top of each other then right, side by side Anybody who's ever seen my work uh, set up at death <laughs> i mean my desk set up at work knows how i work my external monitors on top of each other instead of side by side yeah but uh Let's see. Um, better export for external display. Speaking of which, um, yeah, because right now you can actually get a, sp- a beautiful full screen photo on a different on an external Mac if you have your iPad Pro hooked up to it. But that's only if you're like open up a photo or something like that. It works with some other apps. Otherwise, if you're looking at, it's just a mirrored screen. So if you're looking at the base iPad anything, and you haven't opened anything, so you got these two big black bars on the same side. The aspect ratio doesn't adjust. Uh, you know, that would require some serious thinking of what to do with uh, the split view and stuff, because I know they think that would probably mess it up. My solution to that is, if I'm using an external display, that's what I want to look at. So I don't mind compressing the interface on the iPad itself when it's hooked up to an external. As it is, nothing changes on the iPad itself when you're hooked up to an external display. And, um, yeah, and and they should also be able to let us use the external display as an actual secondary display, as it is. Again, right now, it's just currently mirrored. You know, I would like to be able to use it where I could see something off on another, you know, for reference, you know, so that it kind of goes along with more multitasking when you think about it. Yeah, and, like that
1: uh, Catalina thing. What's that called?
2: Yes. Uh, so that was one thing I wanted to work in there and just felt kind of awkward. Yes, that you can use your iPad. You can use your iPad as an external monitor or secondary monitor for your Mac, but so there's nothing that really goes uh, vice versa. And uh, and I've harped on this one before: uh, support for multiple profiles. That just seems silly since you can do it with a Mac. Yeah, that, I don't yeah. understand that at all. I Yeah, mean, <laughs> that's with you. That's the and they can thing. do it for schools. Yeah, yeah, they do it for schools. Right, it yeah.
1: exists. Mm. They just don't want people. They don't want to recognize the fact that most families aren't buying four or five iPads. They have <laughs> one. Or two maybe. I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it would affect their bottom line. I don't think anyone's saying, "Well, I can't." You have, have a multi-user, so let me go buy a second iPad. No one's doing that. They're just <laughs> using the one in someone else's user. Yeah. That's that's straight up silly. But yeah, I, I'm on board with all of those changes. I'll, I'll add one. I want uh, when you restart your iPad in landscape mode, the Apple logo to be the right way. <laughs> 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 I never understood that. <laughs> And i i would like apple to embrace um this is a hardware thing embrace the landscapeness of it you know turn the turn the logo make it you know it should be a
2: landscape first device i mean mm-hmm. no one's using it portrait or at least not most of the time and funny thing is when i write by hand on there of course Here's the big secret. I do this with regular paper too. Some people have called me a psycho because of this. Uh, I actually write lengthways. And, uh, so, uh, you know, so even when I'm using it to write notes and stuff, I actually write the, the long way as opposed to, uh, you know, using like a regular sheet of paper. Like Wait, so you, you, you turn line paper sideways? Um, legal pads and everything. Huh. Yeah. Sometimes I'll write with the lines, but if I'm feeling, if I'm really wanting to get the thoughts out, uh, that allows me more room to work lengthways. Interesting. That is is kind of psychotic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can check out uh, Leif's list of iPadOS 14 features that we wish would happen. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. So get all the details for those features in that article. Now it's time for the two-minute tip where we'll talk about a quick how-to for your Mac or iOS device. This week's tip comes from life, and surprise, it's about the iPad. So what do you got for us this week, Life?
2: Yeah. I heard some people didn't realize that you can actually open zip files on your iPhone or iPad. Now you can even make them. Now this wasn't possible previous to, I believe uh, prior to iOS 11, but it's, it's a lot better with iOS 13. It's, it's really, really easy. Um, so like if you download something from the internet, it, it, the main problem is finding them. So if you, you click on a link and, you know you get a zip file on there, uh, it'll immediately download it. And, um, you can do that. And, uh, but you will say you can also do this in Safari or you can do it in Chrome. But the problem is, as uh, you, you know, on Safari it's really convenient because you can see the downloads up in the upper right. You click on that and it will immediately go to the Files app. You can open it and just with Preview, you can just see what's in, in there and everything. If you use Chrome, if you use the Chrome app, you will actually have to manually go to the Files app. But it, it's still convenient. You go to Files and downloads and uh and so it's nice that you can preview it now obviously you have some limitations because you're not going to you know not all the files are necessarily going to be able to work with ios but like image files and text files and everything that's fine it, it really is just a case of uh, you know clicking on it and opening it and that's the way it works with uh, mail too is that? uh yeah, you can click on an option, and it'll give you a preview of the options, and uh, and you can choose to save it to where you want, either the whole folder, and just to open it, you just tap on it, and it opens. Uh, the problem is that this doesn't rare work with .rar rare files, but I notice it does work some with some other uh, compressed files. So it's it's kind of kind of hit and miss with zip files, almost certainly. And you can also make them. You just uh, you know when you're in a folder in files, that's the problem. You always have to go to the files out with this. Um, so you can select multiple files, and then uh, let's see when you uh, when you select them all, you hit more options in the lower right. and then the menu that pops up, you hit compress, and it'll immediately make a you know a zip file that says archive.zip. Now, the thing is, this assumes that you already have all the files that you want to include together in a package in one place actually making getting those files in one place is a real hassle so, so you gotta you, got you know long press on something and you have to press move and you have to choose the folder then you have to sometimes even making a folder you know depending on where you are in the files app it's kind of a hassle so there's that and as i say in the how-to that what you can find on the website if you're going to be making a package like that it has a lot of different files just probably do it on a Mac or PC first, (laughs) but yeah, doing it on an iPhone is actually a a bit of a hassle. So if you were wondering, like my friend was, uh, yes, you can do this now, and it's actually quite easy, uh, but it's a lot easier to open them rather than make them.
0: All right. Thanks, Life. You can get the details on our website. We'll have a link in our show notes. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking via email. That's at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through Twitter. That's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Uh, Here are a couple comments that caught our eye this week. Uh, The first was in response to a column that Dan Morn wrote about what we could see in the next iPad Pro. The hardware at Polar Ice X said on Twitter, seems to be an increasing long long shot, but I would love to see a pro version of the Ma- iPad mini. I want to be able to take notes with a pencil, record interviews, take photos, and then be able to store it in my cargo pocket. I think you can do that mm-hmm. with with what with what we call the iPhone 11 pro Max. Mm-hmm. But I see what he's saying. He wants a little bigger screen.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd buy that. Yeah. In a in a second, it's, I mean, yes, it's an iPhone 11 Pro Max, but the key is you don't need a cellular plan to use it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's the, that's what what is attractive to um, I think to to most people. I mean, yeah, like particularly like Android people, like like myself, I don't have an iPhone that I use on a regular basis, which is why I hang on to my old iPad. But I would I would buy a new what is it a 7.9 inch ipad pro yeah in a in a second could it
0: be possible that that would be a candidate for being a foldable device maybe sure would apple make a foldable device it'd
2: have to be really good yeah, yeah. i have to admit uh the mini has become the ipad that i use the most so um I actually kind of wrote a cynical editorial like last year or the year before, you know, about the iPad doing it. But, yeah, it, I it's just big enough. It, it I think it's It's the wider display than working on my phone. And so I have a little bit more room to work with even though it's pretty similar in size. So I, I totally agree. Yeah.
0: yeah, of the iPads at my house, you know, we have a regular iPad and iPad mini. I use the iPad mini most because I like that size. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's big enough. It's, it's not that the iPad, regular iPad, feels too big. It's just, I don't know, it just feels more comfortable to me.
2: Yes, and if you expanded that and got rid of the home button and had like a full screen, mm-hmm. it, would be a, yeah, it would be wonderful. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Our next comment is more a comment about Apple's software development in general. It was on Facebook by David Jones. He says, Apple needs to up its game ac- across the board with its software development quality. Apple's software has gone from being some of the best and most usable examples of software in the industry to being some of the buggiest and worst designed
1: in the industry. My proposal is, w- w- let's have a two years between new releases. Like we don't need iOS 14 to come out in 12 months. Make it 24 months, and let's make I You know, you can still bring new features to iOS. Uh, what are we on? 13. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We. You, you, you can still bring new features to iOS 13. It's, it's that, that, that ridiculously fast development pace that's screwing with everything. It's not just Apple. It happens on Android. It happens on Windows. We notice it more in Apple because we're used to things being rock solid. Mm-hmm. And it's that pace that has really kind of changed everything. Now Apple has every year come out with TV OS, Watch OS, uh, Mac OS, iOS, now iPad OS. It's five distinct OS upgrades every 12 months. Things are going to break. Look at Windows. You can update. You can add features. You can make it more, you know, interesting and new and exciting without having to, a, a, a whole refresh with, you know, how many X, X number of new features and X number of new, um, uh, you know, uh, apps and things every single year. But, I mean, Apple's stuck. I said they don't do it one year and then everyone will say, well, where's the new iOS? You know, I mean, they we, we want it. I want it. Everybody wants it but I think they're kind of locked in this never ending cycle. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nearly impossible to deliver five OSs at the scale that they need to deliver it flawlessly every year, it's Just it's, it's not gonna happen. And I'm not excusing Apple, I think there are fundamental problems with their development, I do. But it stems from the fact that they are updating so much so frequently
0: that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 686. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through SoundCloud or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter. That's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next time.